It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get again. No, no. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we are converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell radio program. Well, hello, America, and beyond the fruited plain, welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. We love having you part of the family. Got a great show today, my friends. Common sense, conservative values, five days a week, 15 hours, not complicated. This is going to be one of my favorite segments, however. Have you guys seen the beautiful editorial cartoon work of artist Gary Varvel? Well, you're going to hear from him today. What's it like being a conservative creator, a nationally syndicated creator in a world of liberal everything. What's that like? I know what it's like. I've been fired three times. How has he survived for so long and stayed sane? I cannot wait to talk to him. We got a great show today. So much give and go. Vivek Ramaswamy from Wednesday. I beg your pardon. I just saw it yes or this morning and I was like, oh my gosh, we got to have it. So much great sound for you. All sorts of lies, our own truths. And we're going to start with some socialism here. Welcome home. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Amen. Seeing as how I live in a zip code where the electorate just hired in a socialist as the executive of our county. I'm keenly aware of the ideas of communism and socialism and people think, no, 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 this is a this is a constitutional republic. This isn't that sort of stuff. Well, we're wrong about that because this stuff is here. It's settling in, taking root and growing before our very eyes. And why do I say this to you? Well, I stumbled upon this headline today on thefederalist.com. And this is the headline. It says, under the weight of Southwest's fatties fly free policy, normal people will pay more. And I was like, wait, that's kind of a rude uh, title there. But I get what you're saying. Southwest Airlines is apparently kowtowing to the woke, the fat shaming, all are welcome here crowd. And they say now, if you're one of those, not just plus size, but morbidly obese passengers who spills into the seat next to you, crosses that barrier of that rickety little 
uh, armrest thing. Well, all you have to do is tell somebody at Southwest and they'll give you the seat next to it or hell. The whole damn row for free. It's amazing. I mean, let's not worry about like personal responsibility or health and wellness choices. I mean, we don't want to talk about the obvious health detriments of being obese. We're going to open up the door, make excuses, roll out the red carpet for everybody who wants to be on a plane and not have to pay for the seat next to them. So you could literally be sitting in your seat that you paid for, an aisle seat, right? Maybe you like the window because you like putting your head on it and want to fall asleep. And a flight attendant can come up to you and say, hi, uh, I'm sorry to do this, but we have to move you. Uh, We're going to put you in that middle seat the back because we've got somebody we need to accommodate it's a special plus size passenger and then of course the cost since they're not charging these obese passengers the fee gets passed on to you well now isn't that just like america we're going to spread it all out we're going to redistribute the pain of other people not taking responsibility for themselves pay for your own darn ticket I don't need to pay for you. You do you. Just don't ask me to whip out my credit card at the end. And that's what's going on. Had me thinking about this story. Do you guys remember this? Now, this is going to take you back 10 years. Okay. And I remember this because I have a very liberal family member who, when this story dropped, this was then Mayor Michael Bloomberg of New York City. Remember his sugar ban, his big drink ban? Anything over 16 ounces was like illegal. He proposed this. And my, my very liberal family member thought this was a great idea. Well, I think that should happen. I said, well, why does it matter to you what somebody else is drinking? If they want 24 ounces, if they want a whole gallon, what, what, why does it matter to you? Do you know what their health care costs are like? That person's going to get diabetes and then they're going to get into the system. Really? Well, now, 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 10 years later, hey, you want to be fat? That's fine. Climb aboard. Southwest's got you covered. You're going to pay for it, right? They won't. What's going on in this country? Well, I want to read you this from the Washington Post, because this is when Bloomberg, this is about his mayoral crash and burn. This was kind of like... The final straw of complete progressive suck, micromanaging your life. This is what Democrats love to do. They don't believe in the free market. They believe in meddling in the market. They believe in taxing the market, overregulating the market, creating all these specifications and all of these rules and regs that make everything suck. These are the people behind the roundabouts in my neighborhood, right? So I want to read you this. This was Michael. This is the Washington Post talking about Michael Bloomberg wanting to, 10 years ago, control how New Yorkers were drinking. New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg's ban on big soft drinks was just struck down by a Manhattan judge. How did we get here? Well, here's our explainer. I didn't realize how total crazy town this was. This has been in the works for years. Under Bloomberg's ban, 
sugary beverages larger than 16 ounces could not be sold at food service establishments in New York City. At restaurants with self-service soda fountains, cups larger than 16 ounces could not be provided. We are not going to provide any more plastic bags at the store. Kind of the same thing. Only outlets that get health department grades were included. So supermarkets, vending machine operators, convenience stores, including 7-Eleven and its big gulps, didn't have to worry about the ban. There was no ban on refills, of course. So you could get your 12-ounce glass and go up there 37 times. That's fine. Failure to comply could have led to a $200 fine. So this is... This was the rationale, and I, and I want you to, to hear this and imagine all of the ancillary storylines going on in the world today. According to the city, a sugary beverage is a drink with more than 25 calories per 8 ounces, which has either been sweetened by the manufacturer or mixed with another caloric sweetener. The ban did not apply to pure fruit juice, juice or fruit smoothies, drinks that are more than half milk, Calorie-free diet sodas or alcoholic beverages. Milkshakes, if they were more than half milk or ice cream, were exempt. But sweetened coffee drinks, if less than half milk, were not. Frappuccinos were a source of confusion. Do you hear? Do you hear? People had to get in a room and say, look, I know we've got issues with crime and poverty and there's some drug issues and we've got vagrants, homelessness. Let's focus instead on what people are drinking. All right? Let's make this happen. This is the world through a Democrat's eyes. I know better than you. Unless you're fat. Because if you're fat, then we're going to bow down to you. If you're weird, if you have purple hair, tattoos all over the place, multiple piercings, and you... Say you're LGBTQ, we will fall over you. Now, if you're just a traditional boring family with, you know, two kids and a mom and dad, sit over there. We're not interested in you. This is the world in which we live. They want to micromanage your decisions. They want to control your money. Make it digital. Why? So they can control it. They want to control your children. Why? Because they need a next generation of clone troopers. They can't have them coming home to you. And you telling the truth? All of what you're going to hear today is as obnoxious as Michael Bloomberg and anybody who thought it was within their purview, their elite status as these erudite, wonderful professionals to then wag their finger and tell you what you can and cannot do. I've had enough. Sit down. I'm not interested in your stupid rules. And by golly, if you try to move me on a plane and squeeze me in the back when I've paid to be up here and I've selected my spot and somebody who's morbidly obese spills over into my seat, ladies and gentlemen, how long is this going to take? How long? Pay attention to all of the sound we play for you today because you will hear that prism of Democrats suck in everything. No, no, no. It's not Joe Biden's policies that mean you have no more money. It's all those nasty producers of goods. They're greedy. 
Oh, yeah. Every single soundbite will follow this parallel. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Wendy Bell Radio Network, is this the first domino to fall after the House of votes for this impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden? Do you know the name Leslie Wolf? Well, I'm going to remind you who she is. Why does she no longer work at the DOJ? So weird. Let's go there next. Headline New York Post. This was out there in a few platforms, not mainstream, though, when I woke up this morning. Federal prosecutor who allegedly interfered in Hunter Biden probe leaves the Justice Department. This isn't some schlub you've never heard of. This is a woman whose name comes up again and again in IRS whistleblower testimony. Leslie Wolf. What's going on, Leslie Wolf? Here's your story. Hey, this is the woman, by the way, who tipped off Hunter Biden that the feds were coming or the IRS was, you know, we want to go see your storage unit. Oh, wait a minute. It's been cleaned out. How did that happen? Ring. Hi, Leslie. Thanks for the tip. A federal prosecutor who allegedly interfered in the criminal investigation of Hunter Biden to protect both President Biden and his son recently left the Justice Department, the New York Post has learned. Former Delaware Assistant U.S. Attorney Leslie Wolf's quiet departure emerged as she appeared for a deposition with the House Judiciary Committee this time yesterday, following the Wednesday night House vote to formally authorize the impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. Why was that vote so necessary? Because they can't stonewall anymore. You cannot avoid subpoenas, no matter who you are. And this vote, this yes, we are going to, if that makes them say, come in or else. Wolf's starring role in the alleged cover-up, in the criminal tax fraud, and the foreign lobbying investigation is a significant part of the impeachment inquiry, with whistleblowers saying she discouraged asking witnesses questions about the big guy. Or about dad, of course, referring to Joe Biden, claiming there was, quote, no specific criminality to that line of questioning. Well, how wonderful that a Delaware assistant U.S. attorney has already decided as judge, jury and executioner that Joe Biden never did anything wrong. You know, who did we hear say this yesterday? Eric Swalwell. Who else did we hear saying this yesterday? What's his face? Raskin, Jamie Raskin, all these other hacks. There's no, he's innocent. There's no connection. Well, that's what Leslie Wolf was saying. As this was all going down, her fingerprints are all flipping over it. How do we know? Two IRS agents who worked on the criminal investigation, Gary Shapley, Joseph Ziegler, alleged in prior testimony to House committees, that Wolf tipped off Hunter Biden's lawyers to investigative steps and forbade inquiries into Joe Biden, even when communications specifically mentioned him. No, no, no. There's nothing to see there. Weaponized DOJ. DOJ in the pocket of certain people vindictively going after others. Duh. 
Wolf allegedly instructed FBI agents in August of 2020 to remove references to Joe Biden from a search warrant affidavit, writing, quote, someone needs to redraft this. There should be nothing about political figure one in here. Joe, according to an email released by the Ways and Means Committee. Gosh, this is so inconvenient for that whole story. Cover up what cover up? We weren't covering anything up. I'm not guilty. I didn't do anything. I didn't profit. I didn't know. I know nothing. That email, I think, is super important because it's a one-off example in writing of the constant concern of following investigative leads that might lead to Joe Biden. Ziegler said Thursday in a news interview, the FBI agents who drafted that affidavit, they believed that they had sufficient evidence, probable cause to support including political figure one, Joe Biden, in that affidavit, said the self-identified Democrat and veteran IRS agent who worked on the case for five years. I'm going to go with they probably know what they're talking about. No, 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 no. You're wrong. Then they continue with the story. These folks knew about the communications between Joe Hunter Biden and the Ukrainian oligarch. They knew about all of the payments. I mean, how on earth are you supposed to be treated fairly? Ever. If only certain people are allowed to do whatever they want, whenever they want, to whomever else's detriment and get away with it. Well, you certainly can't be treated fairly. So the search is on to figure out exactly why. Why now why would Leslie Wolf, whose fingerprints are all over this, who was supposed to be quote-unquote investigating, when what she was doing apparently was colluding with, covering up for, and running interference on behalf of Joe Biden and his entire family syndicate of crime. Pay attention to Donald Trump, though, friends, because he's the one who's on trial. Ah, isn't that so convenient? When we continue the program after this next short commercial break, I want to go into some audio sound bites for you because it is an all out scramble. They have a lot of different smoldering fires going on. The left does. And they're sending out various faces, various spokesmodels, if you will, to try to do the stuff that they know they can't do. And that is to cover these things up, create alternate realities, other stories, throw you off their trail and point all fingers to Donald Trump. It's downright silly now, as silly as banning sugary drinks of a certain size or making excuses for morbidly obese passengers on airplanes. Yes, my friends, you will only get it all here on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. So I thought, and and I think I was wrong, and I apologize for this. I thought that they had completely abandoned Bidenomics. I thought it was done. I thought there was a conference. Everybody got together and said, look, nobody is buying this. Stop trying to sell 14 million new jobs during our presidency. Well, 
When a shutdown economy opens back up and people go back to work, it's amazing what happens, right? Millions of people return to the job. I did that. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Janet Yellen yesterday. Inflation is ticking down. Well, when you come in and you take something like gas prices that are $2 and what, 30 cents a gallon? And then you shut down the pipelines and you say you're, you're going to create a war. You're launching war on fossil fuels and you're going to try to get rid of everything. And you have your stupid state governments follow suit. Can you even, can you even have a gas-powered anything in California anymore? I don't think so. Or they're going to be phased out here imminently. It's amazing that $2.30 gas... Goes up to four fifty, and then when it takes down to three seventy nine, even though that's still a buck forty more than we had been spending, the Biden administration wants to say, "Look at what we've done. We've lowered gas prices by twenty eight percent." Yeah, but you jacked them up by hundred and seventy. So stop trying to say that you did this great thing. That's called Bidenomics. Bottom up, middle out. So middle out is squeezing the middle class. So that the bottom, the poor, can rise up. Do you know what that's called? That's called socialism. That's called letting a fat person on a plane get two seats, not get charged for it, and then spreading the cost of that seat on everybody else. Ah, oh, softening the blow. No. It's taking away from some, giving to others, and trying to make everybody underneath the big echelon of all the smart people, make us all have less and like it. So I want you to hear some of these audio sound bites, Bidenomics. We're not letting it go, even though everybody knows it's a sham. How many excuses can we make? People are worried. Well, they just don't know how good they've got it. Well, they've got a fever. That low-grade fever Raphael Warnock told us yesterday about COVID. We're still reeling. We're coming out of a tough time, ladies and gentlemen. It's been three years. It's three years since the pandemic, three years since Joe Biden, and everything still with these clowns sucks. Here's Corrine Jean-Pierre. She's, she's trying. Nobody listens to her for any reason other than to laugh. Isn't that a shame? I wonder if she knows. Audio soundbite number one. Hey, look at what we've done. This is so great. Go. Uh, look, as it relates to Bionomics, the president, I just announced at the top of the briefing, he's going to go to Milwaukee. He's going to talk about Bionomics, investing in America, what he, what Bionomics has done for the American people coming out of the pandemic. Mm. We can't forget what happened when the president walked in. We saw a literally uh, the economy at a tailspin. The economy at a tailspin. Did you guys feel tailspinny? Were you spun at the end of, of Donald Trump's presidency? This is the same thing that they said they inherited chaos. At the border, Donald Trump took action and he got the numbers of border crossers into the 30,000. We're now at the 280,000 mark on a month. Before Joe, Joe Biden allegedly took office, Donald Trump had that number down to the 30s. So how are you able to say that? Well, you, you, you can't. Demonstrably, you're a big fat liar. Your lies might need a second seat, Corrine Jean-Pierre, on Southwest. They're that big and fat. And she continues. Audio soundbite number two, the data. What data? Does the data of your uh, home finances, does the data suggest that what she's selling is garbage? Listen. 
And so the president has been working a middle class from the bottom up, middle out, and that's what you've <laughs> seen him do. And the data shows, as you just mentioned in your question, inflation is moderating. And, uh, you see uh, jobs created at more than 14 million jobs. Unemployment is at under 4%. All of those things is part of, is part of biomics, and you will certainly hear the president talk more about mm, that can't over wait. the next couple months as we finish, uh, finish out the, certainly the year. Does she even know where she is? She can't even say Bidenomics. Her brain's like... Right? This is like being cheated on by your spouse. And they're going to cut back on how often they sleep around without you. And they're going to want you to believe that that is a really good thing. Yes. Yes, indeed. um, I'm unfaithful. But not as much as I had been. Right? So this is a victory. This is something that we should celebrate. No, you're still a dirtbag and I want a divorce. Doesn't matter your frequency. Doesn't matter how much you suck. You still suck. I like what I had before you did that. Kareen, please. It's so obnoxious. Their spin on this is so poor that John Berman on CNN absolutely loses it. He's like, look at the polls. He's talking to Jared Bernstein. He's one of these hacks. The Biden White House economic hacks who gets, you know, sent out there when everybody is paying attention to how bad it is. You got to send out your minions to try to sell the alternate story. John Berman's not having it. He's flailing his arms. He's like, Jared, like seven out of 10 people can't possibly be lying. Listen to what Jared Bernstein says at the end of this. Go. Ask Americans in our latest poll, how would you rate the economic conditions of the country right now? 71% say poor. So how do you explain that? Well, look, the American people have been through a lot. (laughs) Yeah, because you put us through it, you hack. You've been through, I mean, it's uh, the once in a lifetime global pandemic, right? And then we've got all of this, these wars. We're worrying about these wars. And of course, we inherited this problem at the border. And the economy was in shambles when we came. It's been a long, long, strange trip. Jared. Wow. So now it's not just bad policy that's dis- that's destroying the economy. There's a new thing. Joy Reid, Harvard grad. Go figure. Joy Reid is going to have on this guy. His name is Ali Vichel, right? And he's one of their, whatever, one of their guys who likes to come up and try to prop up the administration. They're going to be talking. It's not inflation. It's not Biden inflation. It's not his fault. It's not. An, it's called greedflation. It is the greed of these corporate bigwigs, these fat cat producers. It's it's not Joe Biden. Here's the here's the grease up to what's coming. But even with inflation cooling, you may be asking yourself, when you're out shopping or at the grocery store, why are prices so much higher than they were pre-pandemic? <laughs> Especially as companies are raking in massive multi-billion dollar profits. Mm. Well, the answer could be a little something called greedflation. Oh boy. The idea that corporations are essentially raising prices above inflation so they could make more money. Ooh, they want to make more money. Those greedy one percenters. Hey, Hey, Joy, so this is what happens. Um, Democrats spend a lot. They spend trillions, like five trillion in the last five years. And 
those chickens come home to roost because we have to pay for it. Even though Joe Biden says, if you make less than blah, 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 your taxes won't go up one penny. Boop. As his nose grows. Really? Well, it's got to come from somewhere, Joe. And it's not magical like that infusion of millions of dollars on your 2018 tax return. Right? It's not magic like the job. It's magic. Everybody knows where it comes from. Joy, greedflation, you're going to try to demonize business. But, but she's not done because there's got to be some, some study, right, that comes in that's going to prove her point. Well, here it is, audio soundbite two. Just last week, a study of more than 1,300 <laughs> corporations across the globe found that company profits rose by 30% between 2019 and 2022, significantly outpacing inflation particularly within the oil, gas, and food production Ooh. sectors. And this is not a new phenomenon. Earlier this month, the federal jury ruled that some of the biggest egg manufacturers in the country conspired to limit the supply of eggs in order to increase their prices between 2004 and 2008. What does that have to do with anything? So she's talking about 20 years ago. In 2004, egg manufacturers were price gouging. So What? That is an excuse for now. Everything going to hell in a handbasket. Joy, she's trying to demonize oil and gas. Those terrible people. It's another reason why we should get out of fossil fuels entirely. Go get your windmill stat and eggs. Another reason we need Bill Gates to buy up all the farmland. He knows how to fix the food problem. Y'all just need to start eating more bugs. Right. And then she's going to bring in this Ali, Ari, Vichelle, whatever the hell his name is. And she's going to say, look, I mean, Americans just don't get what's going on. They're just so stupid. Listen to this. The problem with inflation is once you get people used to the concept, which we've done now for the last year and a half, the expectation is that prices will go higher. So eggs are really the best example. There was a massive uh, increase in the price of eggs. And, you know, we, we see this again with gas and things like that. Yeah. But some of that was real. Some of that was a, a supply chain backup, things like that that happened during mm. COVID. But most of it is actually solved at this point, by the way, thanks to this administration. Oh and now we're back to normal prices. But you, the consumer, have been convinced that oh. prices are higher. Prices should be higher. I have this conversation all the, all the time, time with people who keep telling me about prices. They keep telling me about prices. They're saying I'm paying more and I'm telling them, no, you're not. You're just too stupid to understand what's going on. Everything's really really good you're just you know wake up you've been conditioned for too long this is good everything's good say it with me right and then there's this whole conversation that goes on peter Ducey's going to ask corinne jean pierre ask he's going to ask uh what's his name john kirby about this one of the white house spokespeople you know there's some pushback going on uh, people in the vice president's office aren't pleased that joe biden isn't listening to kamala's advice to start giving more props, to start talking more pro-Palestinian-ish, right? And Joe Biden's not doing that. Is there some kind of a rift between these two? John Kirby is going to try to fall out of his pants to tell you how great Kamala Harris is and how everybody is dying for her advice. Listen. President, and only day <laughs> that people from the vice president's team are going to the press with this. Ooh. President is comfortable and confident that in Vice President Harris, he has a real teammate uh, and uh, a significant leader who 
oh boy. Uh, understands the foreign policy direction that he's trying to take this country and our <laughs> leadership on the world stage, mm. and is candid, forthright, educated, smart, uh, and willing. Uh, to tell him exactly what she thinks. Now, I'm not going to talk about mm -hmm. what her advice and counsel is to the president. I would just tell you that the entire leadership team here all oh. understands the importance of making sure Israel is more precise, more cautious, and more deliberate in their targeting, even as we are sure and certain that Israel continues to need our security assistance and support to go after Hamas. Wow, that was really, really very desperate. Kamala. What is she? She's candid, forthright, educated. She's smart and she's willing. She's a leader. She sucks and she's a dope, John. And you and everybody else knows it, right? We all know it, but it was a good try. And then did you hear? We believe Israel should defend itself just more carefully because we're trying not to get clobbered in 2024 and we're ticking a lot of people off by supporting Israel. And thank you very much. I'll be here for the rest of the day. <laughs> But it gets better, of course, when you bring out Ian Sams. Oh, my goodness. Do not go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen, because House GOP just did something big and it ain't good. And it's about Trump next. Now, we could not let you be free of this round robin of narratives, of alternate stories, of you don't know what you're talking about. This isn't Bidenflation, it's greedflation. And it's not happening anyway, so stop talking about it. Unless we could bring in a little... Look, Joe Biden is so proud of his son. He, uh... <sighs> he loves his son. He's a proud father about all of this. Got to push that in there, ladies and gentlemen. And I can't go on to this GOP story until I squeeze this bad boy in. Here is CNN talking to Ian Sams about Joe. Apparently Joe knew. Did you guys know this, that, that Joe Biden was totally plugged into the Abby Lowell strategy? You know what? We're just going to shine on this congressional testimony that we've been called to step forward and present. We're not going to do it. Well, Joe Biden thought, eh, I'm pretty sure you're going to be okay, son. I'm thinking you're okay. Let's listen to this. Go. Uh, the White House just said the president was aware that uh, Hunter Biden was going to do that, was aware of what he was going to say. Did he agree with the strategy of doing that? Well, look, I'm not going to get into uh, father's conversations with his son, except no. to say Hunter's a private person. He can make his own decisions about how to handle these sorts of things. But the president loves and is very proud of him. Oh, that matters then. He, lo he loves him. He loves when he breaks the law and doesn't appear. You know, that stuff that we went and we tried to hassle Steve Bannon over and all, all these other people, you know? Oh, he's so proud of his son for doing exactly what he said should be illegal. And what he said the Department of Justice should go after with the full enforcement of the law in cases that don't involve his blood relatives. So that's, there's, you know, there's that. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about this before we run out of time this hour. All right? Because something happened that nobody really is talking about. And we ought to. Here's your headline, gatewaypundit.com. Congress passes legislation blocking future presidents from exiting... Try it again. Congress passes legislation blocking future presidents from exiting NATO without Senate approval. After, of course, Trump forced NATO nations to pay their fair share. So... 
why would Republicans agree to this? It sounds like some people in the Republican Party are worried that Donald Trump is coming back and they don't want him back because they're members of the Uniparty. Let's go. On Thursday, and this crossed last night at about 5 o'clock. I would have brought it to you yesterday. Here you go. On Thursday, the House passed the $886 billion National Defense Authorization Act by a vote of 310 to 118, following the Senate's endorsement, which now advances the bill to President Biden's desk. This National Defense Authorization Act extends the Ukraine Security Assistance Initiative, pledging continued U.S. support in the region through fiscal 2027. First of all, that is a full stop to those of us who say, Fund the border. Fix the border. America first. America ever. But there's more. The bill also removed almost all of the cultural provisions proposed by the GOP. This includes a clause that would have prevented the Defense Department from covering travel expenses for military personnel seeking abortions in different states. Oh, this gets even better. Speaker Johnson permitted the inclusion of the extension for Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, FISA, within the National Defense Authorization Act. The incorporation of Section 702 extension into the bill will enable the FBI and other government agencies (laughs) to continue spying on us. What are you people doing? Beyond that, wait, 147 worthless Republicans voted to reauthorize the FISA program abused by the FBI to spy on candidate and then President Donald Trump the entire time he was in office. Representative Randy Weber wrote this. The NDAA is a bad deal. Here is what they will not tell you about it. It continues to fund Biden's woke initiative in the military, such as drag shows, allows taxpayer funded transgender surgeries, does nothing to end the radical climate agenda and reauthorizes the flawed FISA so that they can spy on us. But a more controversial aspect of this legislation is the inclusion of a provision that effectively prevents any U.S. president from independently pulling the country out of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO. A direct contradiction to former President Donald Trump's vision for American foreign policy. President Trump, as you remember, famously called out NATO countries for honoring their financial commitments to the alliance. The move to restrict NATO withdrawal options comes as Donald Trump, obviously eyeing a return to the Oval, vocally considers pivoting the U.S. to a less active role within the alliance. Now, they'll need the okay from the Senate. And unless we get the Senate back, there ain't no way Donald Trump is going to be able to do that when he wins re-election, which kind of feels like he's going to. How do you guys feel about that? I don't feel good. Don't go anywhere. Coming up, hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio program, Vivek Ramaswamy, blister CNN. What? Oh, you'll love it. Next. Next.